0: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, I'm so excited because I'm talking with another C-Suite Network person. I always love that when that happens because I love my C-Suite Network folks. Um, But please join me in welcoming Michael Haynes to our program today. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, Deb. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Michael Haynes is a small to medium enterprise business growth specialist. He is the founder of his consulting firm, Listen, Innovate, Grow. His focus and passion are empowering CEOs of small and medium sized service based companies to acquire larger business, B2B clients, and achieve the growth they seek through a combination of strategic marketing, business innovation, and sales. Michael is also the author of the book, Listen, Innovate, Grow, a guidebook for startups and SMEs to acquire and grow business B2B customers. Michael is originally from Toronto, Canada, but now he's based in Sydney, Australia, and obviously works with companies globally. So again, Michael, welcome. Thanks again. Great. Well, I always like to ask my guests to tell us a little bit about how it is that they got to where they are today and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Um, great question, Deb. So I started off my career
1: in corporate, um, initially in Canada after finishing my MBA. Um, I worked for a few companies in retail um, uh, consumer packaged goods. And okay. then in 2000, I moved to Australia. Mm-hmm. always wanted to live and work overseas. So in 2000, I moved to Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, started working in uh, financial services. So okay. working in um, various strategic marketing roles mm-hmm. in financial services. Mm-hmm. Then did some management consulting of mm-hmm. one of the big, uh, large consulting firms. And then was working at a telecommunications company, the largest one here in Australia, t- ah. uh, Telstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I really got into the whole business-to-business space. Mm-hmm. Um, Throughout my career, through all my uh, professional roles, Mm -hmm. I've always been that middleman person that's worked across the business. So really trying to help businesses use their Mm -hmm. understanding, the Mm -hmm. insight of what's happening with their industries, markets and their customers Mm -hmm. and translating that into business strategies and programs. So always been brought in as that middleman to work with the likes Mm -hmm. of Operations, marketing, customer service, sales, uh, and, and working with them to really mm-hmm. deliver to what the customers and markets uh, mm-hmm. require. My last role at Telstra really got me in depth in that whole business to okay. business space, understanding the dynamics of it. Mm-hmm. Was there for about five and a half years. That looked, mm-hmm. They really looked after me. I got to do some executive ed courses at some great schools in the US. Mm-hmm. And then it came time to either move up the corporate ladder or out. And I couldn't have think, no offense, anything worse than, you know, becoming a senior corporate exec. <laughs> my family, I come from a family w- which we have a lot of entrepreneurs. My okay. sister has her own law firm. Ah, uh, my wow. cousin has her own uh, DIY home mm-hmm. renovations business. Uh, her husband has his own construction company. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a close affinity, hence, to small business. Mm -hmm. And so I decided in 2010, after Mm -hmm. spending four and a half months in South America, volunteering um, at an after-school program, traveling Mm -hmm. around South America, Mm -hmm. to set up my own company and to work with my peeps, where my true passion is Mm -hmm. working with small and medium businesses. And so that's kind of where I've been Mm -hmm. ever since uh, January 2011 to date.
0: Wow. I love it. I love it. Well... You know, we hear B to C and B to B. So tell us the difference and you know and and, and then we'll talk about why um you want to focus on B to B.
1: Okay. Great question Deb. So B2C business to consumer. So that's mm-hmm. when businesses are selling direct to the consumers. So okay. for example, you have your airlines who are selling mm-hmm. to us as our you know, leisure travelers mm-hmm. and selling us um, airfares, accommodations, those kinds of things. Uh, when you go to a, a restaurant, that's a mm-hmm. business to consumer. Mm-hmm. The restaurant is selling to us as the diners. So that's the business to consumer mm-hmm. uh, concept. Business to business is when a business sells their products and or services to other businesses. Mm -hmm. That could be an IT technology company Mm -hmm. that is selling uh, managed services, cybersecurity services to other businesses. Mm -hmm. It could be a catering company Mm -hmm. who's selling their catering services and Mm -hmm. providing lunches and coffees and all of that to big corporate clients. It could be a courier company who's Mm -hmm. providing courier delivery services for other businesses. So selling business to business is one Mm -hmm. business selling products and or services mm-hmm. to another business right um the reason why Deb i focus on the b2b com- um, sector is because for small medium businesses b2b for me is the way to be there is a lot of great opportunities mm-hmm. if you can land those business customers particularly those larger customers mm-hmm. however you need to understand the dynamics of selling business to business mm-hmm. Because when you're selling business to consumer, the airline is selling you tickets for us to go on vacation, mm-hmm. to go visit our family. There, You as the purchaser, you're the decision maker because mm-hmm. I've decided to purchase from right. X airline, mm-hmm. Air Canada, whatever. I'm decision maker and I'm also the one traveling. Mm-hmm. When you are selling, however, I'll use an IT company. And if let's mm-hmm. say an IT company is providing consulting services. Mm-hmm. So the IT company is selling into, let's say, one of the banks to provide some IT management services. Mm-hmm. When you are selling the decision makers, there are multiple people. That right. Bought, yeah. It's involved not that you make buddies
0: with one person.
1: No. You might There'll have the wrong multiple person. People now. Mm-hmm. And it, as you're going into larger organizations, it's not uncommon for there mm-hmm. to be five or six people mm-hmm. in that organization. Someone from IT, someone from finance, someone mm-hmm. from, from risk, someone from legal, someone mm-hmm. from operations. All of those people will constitute what we call the buying group, Mm -hmm. and they will have their priorities and objectives and selection criteria. Mm -hmm. So you really have to understand when you're trying to market to and sell into other businesses, you Mm -hmm. have to recognize there are multiple people that you have to be making sure you understand their Mm -hmm. priorities, requirements, and selection criteria, Mm -hmm. and also how they buy, how they Mm -hmm. do their research and decision making, Mm because that defines your marketing, your sales strategy, and how you deliver. So very important that you really understand that. Mm -hmm. That being said, Deb, and we can talk about more of that later on, when you are successful and able to get business clients, massive benefits for our small and medium Mm -hmm. folk. Often you're going to have, they can be larger revenues because often Mm -hmm. these folks are Purchasing more, right. they're purchasing more. Um, they're purchasing more, so you're getting larger revenues. But mm-hmm. often you will have these qu- clients for quite long periods. Of right, time. They're a,
0: they might do a year's agreement with you, as opposed to I'll buy this one thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they may start off, for example, to use the IT company again, they might start off with some consulting services, mm-hmm. uh, which they may have you going on an ongoing basis to provide them service and support. Mm-hmm. But then also there's often a lot of cross sell and upsell opportunities mm-hmm. for you to sell in other products and mm-hmm. services. To that company. So you might start off with the IT consulting services, move on to IT project management. Then Mm -hmm. they might say, We want some of your cybersecurity services. Uh, We might want some remote support. So all of a sudden, now that one client, as opposed to just giving you, let's say, $40,000 in revenue, Mm -hmm. you're going up to 80, 120, Mm -hmm. and they're getting in these long term contracts because now if you're delivering well to them, Mm -hmm. they want to keep that business uh, Mm -hmm. as well. So larger revenues, longer term, and also in terms of accelerating for growth, you know, momentum tends to breed Mm -hmm. momentum in B2B because if you're doing well, word of mouth is a big criteria Mm -hmm. of how decision makers buy. So uh, within your client, that IT firm the head of that IT company, he's going to have, you know, he or she's going to have colleagues who may be looking for IT services. And that referral will be said, well, yes, try Deb's company. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting referrals is often a big component. Mm -hmm. And if you do well, a lot of your business will start to come from referrals, uh, which can lead to other clients as well as other opportunities to market your business mm-hmm. because then you start to become known in your industry within your markets. You might start getting invited to conferences, mm-hmm. getting invited in podcasts, being featured in publications. So there's a real growth engine that can really happen mm-hmm. as well. Hence B2B can be a really great way to really build and grow your business as a small, medium business mm-hmm. owner. And Deb, sometimes it only takes one opportunity to start the engine momentum, okay. brief momentum.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I loved your book, um, and I want to talk about why your book and your company are yeah. named Listen, Innovate, Grow. You know, and, and it's it's funny, you know, I I put commas in between because we listen, then we innovate, then we grow. But but tell us a little bit more about that, and, and because obviously that's the theme of all of this. But you know, yeah. tell us a little more about it.
1: Sure. So I call the the book Listen, Innovate, Grow, as well as my company, mm-hmm. because listen. Innovate and grow are the three key activities mm-hmm. that small and medium businesses so I'm going to talk about this I mean all businesses need to do it but let's, let's talk right. about our people mm-hmm. small and medium businesses those are the three key activities you need to be doing on an ongoing basis mm-hmm. to acquire retain and grow those business clients that you seek mm-hmm. and in terms of the listening innovating in particular as well as grow but Listening and the innovating. There are some specific things you need to be doing Mm -hmm. in a B two B context in order to be successful. And so that's why I call my the book is called that. The company is called Mm -hmm. that. And my underlying framework is the Listen, Mm -hmm. Innovate, Grow framework. And that's what I'm working with Mm -hmm. clients. That's the framework that we use to guide them in terms Mm -hmm. of developing, building their growth strategy, Mm -hmm. and really helping them achieve what uh, the the senior leaders Mm -hmm. uh, and their teams want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And right. so we can just break it down and go through each of the components mm-hmm. um, if you'd like as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you know, because obviously the first thing is listen. Listening. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we don't listen, and it doesn't matter if it's small business, big business, consumer, whoever, if we don't listen to what they need and want, we're we're clearly gonna have a trouble, have difficulties. But what I loved in your book was that you also talk about you have to listen. Internally, to what your employees and staff are saying. So, talk more about that.
1: Sure. So, in terms of listening, you need to be listening on three levels. So, the okay. first, what you just spoke about, is listening to you. So, mm-hmm. that's really understanding in terms of you as the uh, business owner, the 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 leader, the you know that mm-hmm. CEO of the company, mm-hmm. listening to you, uh, listening to your company, to understand what is your vision. What are your key priorities that you want to be achieving for the business? Mm -hmm. It's about understanding your company, understanding its strengths, Mm -hmm. its core capabilities. You know, where are you having success? Where are you having the wins in terms of the kinds of clients that you serve, the kinds of industries and markets that you operate? You know, where have you had success? So it's Mm -hmm. really having an understanding of you, the business owner, your vision, your mission, where you want to achieve, where you want the company to go, and understanding your strengths, your core competencies. Mm where you're having success. So Mm -hmm. really having a a strong understanding on that level. So that's Mm -hmm. listening to you. So that's one component. Mm -hmm. Second component is listening to the market. Mm -hmm. So you really need to have a current in-depth understanding of those Industries, mm-hmm. geographic markets right. that you you serving. do have competitors, folks, and <laughs> competitors as well. So you really need to have the, have an understanding. What are the trends? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the you know what are the trends? What are the key developments that are happening? Mm-hmm. What are some of the you know the market conditions? How is your industry? How are the markets doing? So if you're mm-hmm. operating in IT, in mm-hmm. financial services, in North America, mm-hmm. how is that industry doing? What are the key developments? What are the key dynamics? Mm-hmm. What are some of the broad customer trends? Who are your competitors within those markets? Mm-hmm. And when you're understanding your competitors, you need to be understanding your competitors from your customer's perspective. Right. What are the alternatives mm-hmm. they are seeking? Yeah, because
0: They've got a dollar bill. Who are they going to spend it with?
1: Yes, because they will consider various alternatives, which mm-hmm. might be a direct competitor or could be an indi- indirect competitor. Right. So to be using an example of professional services, if we're mm-hmm. talking an accounting firm or law firm, mm-hmm. uh, yes. you know, A competitor may be another firm, but it also could be an independent contractor and freelancer. Mm -hmm. That is another alternative. Mm -hmm. Doing things in-house is also another. You really need to understand who is your competition. Mm -hmm. So having an understanding of your industries, markets, and competitors, Mm -hmm. uh, of those that you are currently serving and those Mm -hmm. that you seek to serve, you need to have that understanding Mm -hmm. as well. So that's listening to the market. Mm -hmm. The third level, Deb, is listening to customers. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where it gets a little different. Mm -hmm. And with B2B, there are some nuances. So listening to customers, many people think, oh, we have to be customer centric. So if I'm going to be selling into, you know, the, the airline or the bank, mm-hmm. I need to understand what are the needs and the priorities of American Airlines, Air Canada, mm-hmm. Funds? what are the needs of Bank of America, Commonwealth mm-hmm. Bank? That's at an organizational level. In mm-hmm. business to business, you must be buyer driven. Mm-hmm. And so by that, I mean, for whatever uh, organization you're targeting as a prospect, you need to understand. Who are those individuals, the roles and titles, who are those people of those Mm -hmm. making the decision and those influencing the decision? And that can range from anywhere from Mm -hmm. a couple of people if you're selling Mm -hmm. into other small businesses to eight or nine people if you're Mm -hmm. selling into larger organizations. But we must have an understanding, identify who those people are, Mm -hmm. what are their key priorities and challenges, Mm -hmm. and how do they buy? Mm -hmm. where do they go? What are they reading? What are they listening to? Who are they talking to? Where are they going? What are they doing uh, as part of their buying selection process? Because that will define those three questions of who makes the decision, what are their priorities, and how they buy, that will define what your marketing and sales activities Mm -hmm. need to be. So it's listening on three levels, Mm -hmm. listening to you, listening to the market, and listening to customers. Mm -hmm. But in B2B, we must be buyer-driven. We must understand those decision-makers and influencers, Mm -hmm. what are their priorities, and how they buy. Mm -hmm. Understanding on those three levels will give us clarity as to where we need to be focusing Mm -hmm. our efforts for the business in terms of what industries, what markets, uh, what are the kinds of decision makers, and that will give us very much clarity mm-hmm. in terms of what are the things we need to do, mm-hmm. and that's where the innovate c- component comes right. in.
0: Right. You know, I've always found it interesting dealing with the big companies um, because you're right. There's there's multiple levels of who you're dealing with, and then there's sometimes that little hidden person mm. that you know they might actually they might not be the decision maker, but they can stop it or, you know, all these various things. And, and it's tricky sometimes to figure that out because, you know, you're making a sales call. And so, again, IT, you know, you're you're selling IT services. So you talk to the head of the department for IT, right? Makes sense. um You know, and somewhere in there you're thinking, okay, you know, maybe uh, say if it's a financial company that you're dealing with, then, you know, that you might have to get legal involved because of IT and, and you know, all of those things. And somewhere in there, there's a money person that's, you know, there's the CFO, there's, you know, all of those different things. And, but it's so hard sometimes to actually figure that out. And it's not like, you know, you can do, and I did this yesterday. This was This was bad form of me. I went into a business and I wasn't happy with what the young lady told me and i said i need to see your manager and that's oh that was bad that i apologized to her immediately but that's kind of how this works we're not quite sure who that those other people are so how do we suss that out when the only contact we might have might be say the department of it head you know the the person our our initial contact how on earth do we figure out who else we need to talk with okay so great
1: question and i'm actually going to back it up a little bit okay in the world of B2B now, we need to understand though, in terms of how buyers buy, mm-hmm. uh, buyers don't want to be sold to, they want to buy from your business like, buyers are doing a lot of independent research mm-hmm. and decision making right? Well, because they have uh, other
0: they, people they have to report to I mean all these various things and they have to show that they've done their due diligence they
1: they do and we have to recognize that uh, and there have been a lot of studies that have been done about this mm-hmm. in the B2B context where business decision makers do a lot of independent self research mm-hmm. and they don't want to talk to you and they will not talk to you until much later in the process mm-hmm. right you really have to now as part of your, your, your marketing activity and your sales Mm -hmm. activities, your marketing activities is very important and it's very much around proactively by listening and understanding your customers. You Mm -hmm. need to be proactively providing them the information, tools, resources that they use in their decision-making mm-hmm. where they go for information right so doing that listening doing that research to understand who mm-hmm. your folks are and where do they go for information mm-hmm. are they reading certain publications mm-hmm. so perhaps then you should be maybe ha- looking to have an article featured on that um, mm-hmm. your content on your website will be very important because more right. than likely um, they're going to be doing mm-hmm. google searches um the likes of, you know, there might be certain podcasts, there might be certain Mm -hmm. events, be it online or in person that Mm -hmm. they're going to. You really need to understand what are these various things that they're undertaking. They may like to do assessments, diagnostics. Mm -hmm. So making tools and some of those resources available. You have to proactively understand what those are and put those out there Mm -hmm. because- At any point in time, they've done the studies now and only really three to 5% of people are in buying mode, uh, in a B2B context at any Mm -hmm. point in time. People will do research and Mm -hmm. they'll, you know, read publications. Mm -hmm. They'll talk to their peers, et cetera. And the buying cycles in B2B can be much longer. So we have to be proactively Mm -hmm. putting things out there, Mm -hmm. uh, so that as the decision makers are going out and seeking, uh, -hmm. services and solutions uh, that they and requirements right. that they need for their companies, mm-hmm. that they'll be able to be proactively find you. So mm-hmm. it is a combination of marketing, which is all about what I call buyer enablement, providing mm-hmm. the tools and resources that buyers need. And then as part of your sales um, component, yes, you will need to be doing your research through the Mm -hmm. likes of LinkedIn. Uh, Being part of the appropriate kind of groups and networks and communities Mm -hmm. is very important. Important to build the connections, the contacts that can help make, do those introductions, Mm -hmm. be part of those communities where you can get an understanding and get some of that inside Mm -hmm. scoop and intelligence around that particular company, that IT company you're targeting. Mm -hmm. How does the decision-making work and so forth. So there is. So it's both kind of the uh, marketing to proactively enable buyers, mm-hmm. as well as your, your proactive business development of doing your research through the mm-hmm. like LinkedIn, industry publications, attending events, uh, being part of mm-hmm. communities and networks. Very important. Building your network is part of your net worth as right. part in B two B now more than ever mm-hmm. because buyers again Deb don't want to be sold to. But that peer to peer network. Mm-hmm. Who do you know? Who should I talk right. to? Oh, yeah. To or
0: you see management. this person at every networking event. All of those various It
1: things. is very important now more than ever because decision makers, senior level leaders, business owners, are looking for clarity, confidence, roadmap, mm-hmm. how to take their business forward. They are looking to have opportunities to talk to their peers, mm-hmm. to get ideas, insights, and referrals as who can help me right. develop the IT mm-hmm. uh, program. I need a good catering service because I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of executive roundtable. Mm-hmm. Who do you know, Deb, that can give me some good catering mm-hmm. services to do workshops? So mm-hmm. it's very important, um, as part is to be part of communities and networks as well as, you know, right. um, industry and um, your professional associations, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a two, it's two things. It's the mm-hmm. marketing, which is proactively putting out those tools, resources, content, where your people go for it, where your prospects go for information. Mm-hmm. And it's that proactive business development, which mm-hmm. requires, research, making those connections, being part of groups, where your buyers Mm -hmm. are, uh, where those folks were, so you can make those connections, gain those insights as well. So it's it's a bit of both. Well,
0: and of course, the tricky thing is that quite often, we never even get to talk to the decision makers, right? You know, we get to that first level, we give them the sales pitch, we give them all the materials, and then they say, I'll take it, higher up or whatever and you know and and so that's where when you've done the networking when you've done the your research you know because you might be connected with that decision maker on linkedin so you might not actually meet them but they're like oh wait a minute i know michael i you know i've i've seen michael's posts on linkedin um you know and and so that's where it's in and you know i've i've been there and done that where you never actually get to talk to that decision maker or maybe not initially, you know, they might narrow it down to say two or three, then they're going to talk to you. But there's, you know, so it's almost like you've got a gatekeeper that you need to go through. And so you have to make sure you have provided that first level person with as much information as they need when they start going higher with the process.
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is, again, where that proactive, um, your marketing that and putting out those tools, information. Being present where is the buyers mm-hmm. and those influencers to the buyer are that you are out there proactively, so they're mm-hmm. seeing your content. They're seeing you're providing them the tools mm-hmm. that allow them to do their self assessments, read, so they can mm-hmm. really see how you add value. That is very important because you're quite correct. Buyers will not talk to you until they've done a lot of their research mm-hmm. already. Right. Uh, they, they talk and, and that's been a research that's been done globally mm-hmm. across industries and have quantified. So they do about, I think the latest stat is 60 or 65% of mm-hmm. their research before they're going to want to uh, talk. Mm-hmm. So you have to be doing those proactive components mm-hmm. um as well. So that, When you eventually get asked to have the meeting, initiate the Mm -hmm. conversation, that you're ready to do so. And you're quite right. In some cases, you may not initially get to the decision maker initially, but that could be a gatekeeper Mm -hmm. or key influencer who may be part of the process in doing that, um, you know, short list and part of making those recommendations. Hence why really understanding both the organization understanding some of the key participants Mm -hmm. and where they are um, in terms of their industry's priorities um, and what they use is so important so that you really can embed yourself in part of the whole buying Mm -hmm. process about how they go making uh, Mm -hmm. their buying decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important.
0: Right. I want to go back a bit and, and talk about what in your book you call listening to you, which is the company, you know, so it's, but it's also you as the business owner, the business CEO, whoever it is. Um, because so many times, I think businesses forget that whether they have two employees, 2000 employees, 200,000 employees, those are the people who quite often know what's going on the most, you know, especially the bigger the business gets. I mean, you just can't, you know, you may, and, and so when you want to know, okay, what are people saying about us? You know, what procedure, you know what, what are we doing internally that's not going well? I mean, all of those things. And of course, that's scary. Oh my gosh. I mean, on all of this, you don't want to ask somebody, Ooh, what? Yeah, mm-hmm, you know, because they might tell you something that you don't want to hear. But, you know, I remember years ago, I worked for a very large financial services company and our CEO, now it was, you know, 17 story building. And now part of that was parking, you know, but for the rest, we were the company or, you know, we were the building and he would routinely stroll around, scared everybody half to death because, you know, it was cubicle land and he was tall enough that you could see him everywhere he went and, you know, everybody's thinking, why is he here? Why is he here? Um, But he would stop And, and he was a very personable man and he would chat with people, but he made it a point that he talked with the people in the, in the mail room almost every week because they really knew, because they were the people who went around on the floors, they talked to every person there, and he knew that they really knew what the heck was going on. Um, And I just always found that so interesting because a lot of people were like, well, why would the CEO go talk with someone in the mailroom? Well, those were some of the most important people in that company. Um,
1: so yes. Uh, so great points that you raised. So first point, Deb, when you say something you don't want to know, you do want to know when there are problems and you want to know. You really, you
0: you really do. You think you
1: don't, but you do. You you need to know. You want to know and you need to know. It's your Mm -hmm. responsibility to know. Mm -hmm. You're Very success of your company may hinge on it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so that whole listening to you very much that does involve listening to your employees, Mm -hmm. understanding what's going on, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's working, what's not working. So having the informal chats, visiting, talking to people at different levels of the organization, Mm -hmm. talking to your operations, frontline, client facing Mm -hmm. folk, um, you know, uh, listening, you know, listening to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. In some cases, you might, if you have a call center, you might sit in, listen in on a few calls, going on customer mm-hmm. visits. Right. Um, customer visits is a big mm-hmm. thing I'm a big advocate of in B2B, mm-hmm. um, where you can actually get in and participate. And I've set up programs. I work mm-hmm. with clients to set up customer visit programs where there are visits, workshops, do workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, because you really need, you need to get in tune to know from your employees what's mm-hmm. working, what's not, because they can really tell you what the, what is required to take a business strategy and put it into life to execute Mm -hmm. in terms of new products, new services, et cetera, what's feasible, what's not. Similarly, having discussions with your customers, with those decision makers and understanding Mm -hmm. what is going on um, as well is quite critical. Mm -hmm. And so talking to your customers, listening uh, to your customers Mm -hmm. is a big key component that I always ask Uh, all of my clients, okay, so who are your top customers in terms of the ones that you have that are giving you revenue Mm -hmm. and those top three or four prospective customers Mm -hmm. that you want to be getting? When's the last time you've had this discussion with any relevant um, decision makers Mm -hmm. within there? And Deb, quite often, that's often the gap where Mm -hmm. either they haven't talked at all or they haven't talked uh, for a while right and it's very important so mm-hmm. that doing that listening at an employee level but also mm-hmm. listening to your customers listening to mm-hmm. your buyers is something that's very important and it's about having those having conversations uh 15 20 minute conversation mm-hmm. initially to understand where they're at mm-hmm. where they're looking to go what's working what's not um even just having a 15 20 minute as an initial conversation mm-hmm. i work with clients for where we do more in-depth interviews or workshops with more of the team. But even that Mm -hmm. initial with a decision maker, that 15, 20 minute conversation and asking them some key questions Mm -hmm. around some of those areas, you will uncover opportunities in terms of where things need to be fixed, opportunities to provide new products or services Mm -hmm. or service improvements. Doing that listening, listening across your customer Mm -hmm. base uh, and recording those conversations Mm -hmm. and sharing that information back with your teams Mm -hmm. so you can say the so what, what's next, what it means Mm -hmm. for your business is so important. And that is part of the foundation Mm -hmm. um, of listening, which is going to give you that clarity. Mm -hmm. That listening to your customer through those conversations combined with doing some research around understanding your markets will give you clarity on where the opportunities are, what you need to be focusing on. Right. Really quickly in terms of listening to the market. um, People often think, oh, that's so expensive. I've got to hire a market research company. No, you don't. First, port of call. It's it's about spending a bit of time and doing some research. Hello, you can Google it. (laughs) Yeah, you can Google it. But very important. And where to start? The industry and professional association. Right. Great place Mm -hmm. to start. Go on to the website, of the Industry and Professional Mm -hmm. Association, because that will be the repository Mm -hmm. where quite often they will have all of the reports and white papers, what's going on, webinars. They'll often have events, which Mm -hmm. is great in terms of you're going to be able to get an understanding of what's going on in the market. It could be an opportunity to make some connections. So your Industry and Professional Association is a great starting point because they often have the publications, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I advise many of my clients, you need to be, you should be members of some of your industry and professional association mm-hmm. for some of your key market. Mm-hmm. That is a great starting point right there. Mm-hmm. Um, relevant industry publications as well. Um, third one will be consulting firm reports. A lot of the big consulting mm-hmm. firms, if you go onto their websites, the Baines, the McKinsey, the right. Accenture, mm-hmm. they will have research and insight section mm-hmm. on their website. Mm-hmm. A lot of free reports, white papers that will tell you mm-hmm. what's going on. Right. So, a bit of doing some of that online research, starting off with your industry publications, mm-hmm. industry professional associations, great starting point to do that research to build mm-hmm. your understanding of the market. Right. Um, so, those are some easy, practical, but very effective ways to keep give you that understanding mm-hmm. of that listening which will give you that mm-hmm. clarity and focus of what industries, markets, customers mm-hmm. and decision makers you need to be focusing right. on which will give you the way to move forward mm-hmm. which is where innovation comes right. in. Right.
0: Right. I want to there was something quick I want to go back to in in the listening part. In your book you talk about if you can find the customer who never ever would buy from you and and ask them Why would you never ever buy from us? Now, of course, that's that's pretty tricky to even be able to find those. But I love that concept because that's where you might really find some of those hidden gems. So
1: really a uh, great point, Deb. So what I'm talking about are your non-customers. So mm-hmm. ideally when you're listening to customers, you want to talk to current clients that you have, mm-hmm. um, prospective clients that you would like to get. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when when often when you are looking at, uh, when you speak to some of the clients that you don't have, that's where you may uncover and come across, mm-hmm. we'd say, Sorry, Deb, I'll never buy from you right. because X, Y, Z. So you want to talk to current customers, prospective customers, as well as customers that you have lost mm-hmm. as well. Because then, because by talking to your non-customers, mm-hmm. either ones you want to have, the, those prospects mm-hmm. or ones that you've lost, you may uncover things that you are not doing, mm-hmm. um, areas of improvement, et cetera, other things that you need to be considering that you will uncover those insights, mm-hmm. uh, those, those key factors, considerations. Right. Uh, from your current customers mm-hmm. so ideally you want to get a full what we call a full market view mm-hmm. we're talking to our current customers we're getting some understanding of what prospective customers needs are and understanding priorities drivers and needs of those that we've mm-hmm. lost as well because by then you'll ha- by doing so you'll have a full market view mm-hmm. um in terms of what are some of the things mm-hmm. that you need to be focusing on and it right. will help you decide as that business leader, okay, mm-hmm. what are some of the things we need to work on? Is it our operations, our service? Is it our products? Is it maybe how we're marketing and we're not getting through to some of the decision makers mm-hmm. and giving
0: them what they need to facilitate mm-hmm. their de- de- uh, decision making? Right, right. Yeah, you know, and so of course, once we've listened, that is yeah. when we start innovating. Yeah. And if we don't innovate, not, you know, we can kind of coast for a while. But just yeah. ask, say, oh Kodak, or you know, Blockbuster Video what happens if you just coast? <laughs> you know? okay. And and so the innovation really is important to always be looking at what can we be doing new, better, all of those things. Exactly.
1: And that's, you, you've hit the nail on the head the nail on the head, Deb. Um, So we're talking about business innovation because people often think innovation technology, I've got to be the next Elon Musk and come up Mm -hmm. with the next big thing. No, we're talking about business innovation and Mm -hmm. you've accurately described it. It's about new introductions Mm -hmm. and or improvements that you're Mm -hmm. making in response to your Mm -hmm. market and or customer Mm -hmm. needs. And we're talking about business innovation, which can be on one of five levels. We can be mm-hmm. talking about making changes to our products. Uh, we could be product improvements, introducing new product lines, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, new versions. Uh, we're talking about service improvements mm-hmm. uh, or new or new service introductions. It could be process innovation. So we're coming mm-hmm. up with new processes that mm-hmm. we're using to undertake um, certain elements, whether it be onboarding, customer service and support, delivering our, of our products mm-hmm. and services. We have organizational innovation. Organizational innovation, in addition to probably product and service innovation, mm-hmm. which is what many small and medium business owners mm-hmm. think about, how can we make changes and improvement? Organizational innovation. So, what are things like outsourcing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might think about outsourcing, joint ventures, partnerships. I believe organizational innovation partnerships are mm-hmm. something every small and medium business owner should be right. considering. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, Deb, you and I joining force, and we be, mm-hmm. you know, we're having a legal merging of our two companies. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple things as finding if you're an accounting firm, for example, uh, and you pair up with a law firm, right. both of you. Yeah, so that you've you've got kind of mid-market organizations. You're both targeting mid-market mm-hmm. organizations. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as swapping content for your email list. So you're mm-hmm. sending content to respective email right. lists. You, you you have blog on each other's sites. Yeah. You all might sorts both of decide things. to have oh, do a joint webinar, mm-hmm. do a joint breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. it could be having a combined offering. So you might mm-hmm. have the accounting and legal end-of-year uh, mm-hmm. comprehensive package where we're going to do a workshop consultation mm-hmm. and it's a combined offer. It could be that. But even simple things like, you know email, doing a live stream mm-hmm. where you both do a live stream together on right. LinkedIn. You do, a podcast. Together. Hmm. you do a podcast. <laughs> There's a number of things that you mm-hmm. can be doing in terms of partnership and collaboration. Mm-hmm. So partnerships is one form of innovation, which many small and medium businesses don't consider. They need to be thinking about how to collaborate. Like I said, well, it they think they're going to
0: lose business. Success. And, and yeah. the point is, you're not partnering with somebody who does the same thing. Exactly. You're looking at complementary services.
1: Those where you have, uh, they might be in certain markets, um, Mm -hmm. certain industries, have certain kind of customers that you want to get to. You can start very small, like with around emails, content, doing breakfast forms um, as those kinds of things that Mm -hmm. allows you to gain that access, Mm -hmm. gain that credibility, that visibility. And then the last form of innovation is marketing innovation. Mm -hmm. And so marketing innovation, there are some specific kinds of B2B uh, marketing strategy that you should be considering mm-hmm. as part of your uh, marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. And so things uh, such as we've, we've um, things could be as simple as um, account-based marketing, for example, mm-hmm. so where you've identified who are your, those, you know, Two or three key clients mm-hmm. that, let's say, are accounting for the bulk of your revenues, mm-hmm. developing very um, personalized, tailored marketing programs for, for those, you know, key core VIP mm-hmm. clients. So you might have certain webinars and special training sessions and, and you might come up with some specific content to really cater to those key um, clients mm-hmm. that are accounting for the bulk of your business. Um, that right. could be one thing. Um, influencer marketing so finding mm-hmm. out who are the go-tos within your industry mm-hmm. and so influ- you know, and so often your industry and professional association mm-hmm. that can be an influencer you mm-hmm. know um, because they're often doing the events they have the podcast and magazines mm-hmm. reaching out to them and seeing how you can leverage them by being a guest on their podcast mm-hmm. um, writing an article for that industry publication mm-hmm. so finding out who are the go-tos that your decision makers go to for information. Mm -hmm. So it could be an event, it could be an influencer, Mm -hmm. an individual who's a deemed expert. Mm -hmm. Uh, Often your industry and professional associations Mm -hmm. are a source. Podcasts are Mm -hmm. often a key source now because it's often where C-level folks, a lot of your clients are going to to listen and understand what's Mm -hmm. going on. So identifying these opportunities, the go-tos for your decision maker Mm -hmm. and seeing how you can market them. Uh, mm-hmm. use that as part of your marketing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, business innovation is all about new introductions and or improvements might be mm-hmm. minor, might be sig- significant, um, you know, more substantial, but mm-hmm. looking across those five areas of product service, organization, mm-hmm. process, and marketing and seeing what changes, introductions and improvements you can be making in response to your market,
0: customer, and right. buyer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you mentioned marketing, which is my background. and, you know, we absolutely have to have marketing strategies, and and you know, you mentioned in the the notes you sent me, you know, about random marketing tactics, and I call those the squirrel tactics. You know, oh let's try that, oh let's try that. You know, and and or the you know the flavor of the month or whatever, and without ever stopping to plan. And you know, f- for everything that we're talking about, we have to have plans. We have to have strategies but i think marketing is one of those that people really especially in you know if you're trying to to do multiple things you think well i have to reach them in multiple ways and it really doesn't you know it might be that you know a, a well targeted white paper placement and ad in say an industry publication is going to hit every person you're talking to as opposed to, well, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. Um, So talk to us a little bit more about random marketing tactics. Okay.
1: So Deb, you've hit the nail on the head and the key to having effective marketing and it needs to be strategic marketing. It needs to be buyer driven. Your marketing Mm -hmm. needs to be targeted to Mm -hmm. those. Decision makers of influence Mm -hmm. of those customers and clients you are currently serving, Mm -hmm. seeking to serve. And we need to understand, as I said before, who they are, Mm -hmm. what are their priorities and how do they buy? Mm -hmm. So and it requires you to do a little bit of that research uh, of going on LinkedIn, checking Mm -hmm. out the companies, checking out the buyer profiles, Mm -hmm. et cetera, and finding out what it is that they do. And you're quite right. Often you will find there are certain things. It could be your content. It could be around putting certain white papers being featured in certain industry Mm -hmm. publications. There could be certain key events that they Mm -hmm. go to. So perhaps you want to try and get an opportunity to be a guest speaker, Mm -hmm. what have you. Um, They may be doing a lot of independent online research. So Mm -hmm. having content, you know, your videos, your articles, your white Mm -hmm. papers, on your, um, on your website and mm-hmm. making sure that your website has search engine optimization with mm-hmm. the keywords that buyers use. So again, it's by listening and having that understanding of your buyers that you'll mm-hmm. understand what are some of the key, where you need to be focused mm-hmm. in terms of what you need to be doing. Right. Um, Cause there's too much spray and pray where everyone's trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, social media is great, uh, mm-hmm. and but it's not necessarily where you need to be in mm-hmm. terms of getting through to your buyer. Right. I love LinkedIn, but you need to be—you need to do your research to really understand what mm-hmm. makes sense for you. Right. I've been talking to a lot of uh, CEOs of small, medium-sized businesses, mm-hmm. and a number of them, uh, you mentioned LinkedIn, and there's a whole bunch of expletives they'll use, which I will not repeat, because they're tired of, you know, while LinkedIn is great, there's mm-hmm. also a lot of show up and throw up. And so there mm-hmm. are a number of senior right. level folks business owners who are not spending any time on LinkedIn. So when you go on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, no activity in the next 90 days. They're using other sources. So you need to be thinking about what's relevant. So again, the likes of your industry and professional associations, online communities, Forums. These are some of the things that are increasingly becoming part of what buyers are doing. Right. Um, doing that online research as well is something mm-hmm. that is something that they're doing as well. So you need to do your research to really understand what mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, I'm not saying social media doesn't have a place with many of my clients. Mm-hmm. I will have them focus on some other areas. Um, right. One of my clients is a project management company here in Australia. We're doing a lot of focus now around white papers, mm-hmm. being featured in industry publication mm-hmm. and getting and leveraging that content to, con, uh, to conduct workshops mm-hmm. and forums. And then we will rinse and recycle and we throw it on LinkedIn as right. well mm-hmm. and we do the right hashtag. Mm-hmm. But our focus is really around that core white paper content, being into the right industry publications mm-hmm. and the right events to get that visibility in front of that C suite. Mm-hmm of the particular audience and industry that mm-hmm. they're targeting. So right. you're very right. It's really understand what makes sense for your particular buyers. Mm-hmm. It's about being buyer driven. Mm-hmm. Deb, I can't um, emphasize that enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's, you know, I, I tell people, especially with the, you know, pertaining to social media, you know, we think, ew, Instagram, Facebook, you know, especially if you're a senior executive, you don't have time for that. Or, you know, you're only doing it to connect on a personal level, things like that. And, and I remind people, there are industry-specific social media sites, you know, and, and we, the general public, don't really hear about them because they don't pertain to us. And so that's a great place to get your foot in the door, uh, you know, even if it's just, like you said, the online chat rooms, things like that, that, you know, that is a great place to, to be there. Now, obviously, you always have to be very transparent, very honest. Um, You know, you can't be, under, you know, trying to, to go incognito, I think we've seen that happen, especially with um, sometimes, you know, senior executives want to know, what are people saying about me? So I'm going to set up a fake account on, say, Twitter, or whatever. And it, that lasts for a little bit. But then when people figure out who it is, oh, no bad. Um, you know, and, and because, you know, the goal is obviously to build relationships. And if you build that relationship on faults, then there it goes. Uh, Absolutely.
1: And so again, I'm really big on with my clients focusing in that having them focus on, you know, where, what makes sense for your industry, where mm-hmm. your buyers were at and let's be doing the kinds of meaningful, strategic mm-hmm. buyer driven activities right. uh, to get the visibility, to build mm-hmm. those connections, um, to really enable those buyers mm-hmm. as part of the buying process. Mm-hmm. So let's focus on what makes sense and put mm-hmm. our emphasis there and it will be different for different industries. Right. For some, mm-hmm. yes, social media needs to have a big role. I had a client, a year and a half ago that worked in the engineering space uh, in a very specialized area pertaining to uh, urban transport, mm-hmm. for which we did not, li- we focused very much in terms of very niche uh, niche industry groups, mm-hmm. very right. niche publications, mm-hmm. because they were getting into a very sophisticated, mm-hmm. very dialed in area about urban transport. Mm-hmm. So therefore a lot of these other activities made no sense because that's where their decision makers are mm-hmm. and was very tight, very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about, it all depends by what your buyers are doing. Mm-hmm. And if they're visible on social media, certain platforms, TikTok, et cetera, mm-hmm. then it may make sense mm-hmm. for you to be there. But again, to use the uh, engineering mm-hmm. uh, consulting firm, that niche firm that I worked with uh, just over a year ago, we went highly, highly targeted, mm-hmm. even more so than the uh, project management consulting mm-hmm. firm that I'm working with because right. they were so, so niche. And their decision makers mm-hmm. was a very small universe, and they use very limited source. So you mm-hmm. really focus based on what your decision makers are doing right. and where they are at.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and and the key is, of course, y- you obviously have to know who you're trying to reach. Um, but to to always remember that it is quality versus quantity. You know, and yes. and just you know, for a company saying, "Oh my gosh," well, we have you know a million people that follow us on Facebook. You know, uh, but if a million people aren't going to buy from you, then yeah, you know, what you know? But but if you if you did say if you focus that same effort on a white paper that you you had in various places, and and hit those people who really need to read it, um, I was uh, there's a, a book uh, by Mark Schaefer called Known. It's about yeah, I have, have right. my book. Yes, yeah. and and he talks about the fact that. You know there was a person he was dealing with who was kind of you know bemoaning the fact that she didn't have a lot of social media followers and and all of those things and and like very very small numbers and when he started asking you know it was she when she sent her blog out it went to five people five but those five people were a majority of her business now could she expand sure but you know it if she had expanded to say 500 if most of those people weren't ever going to do anything with her then she just wasted her time um you know and, and so by focusing on those 5 she really increased the business because then exactly what you were saying earlier happened word of mouth you know those 5 people told the people that they were connected with um who they knew would you know, benefit from those services as opposed to hey did you see this cute cat video on facebook
1: yeah I, exactly so it's all it's all about re, it's all about mm-hmm. relevance so what are the relevant channels? Mm-hmm. What are the relevant tools? Mm-hmm. What are the relevant topics, mm-hmm. um, insights that you're providing that are relevant? To, again, it's all about being relevant mm-hmm. to your buyers. And mm-hmm. so it's not just about providing any kind of content. Mm-hmm. Are you addressing the problems, priorities, mm-hmm. questions that your target decision makers mm-hmm. are having, that you're able to show how you're going to be able mm-hmm. to add value? You're going to help provide them the roadmap, help give them some clarity. Mm-hmm. So it's all about really adding value and being relevant mm-hmm. to those decision makers and those influencing the mm-hmm. decisions so it's about Right. relevancy to those that matter um mm-hmm. pro- and being visible where it matters right okay, so it's right. all about being buyer driven mm-hmm. being relevant and va- and providing value add mm-hmm. to those buyers that's yeah. and it's yeah. really being dialed in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. requires you to do your listening to uh and on a regular basis mm-hmm. to right not just journey. every
0: once in a while hmm
1: because um, because things are changing. Things mm-hmm. are changing. The uh, you know, online communities and forums is having a massive impact. That has been a, a shift that's come within the last nine to 10 months. There's been a massive shift in mm-hmm. terms of more and more decision makers tapping into the likes of online communities and mm-hmm. forums as part of the decision-making right. process. You can only uh, be up to date and know what you need to be doing and being relevant for your uh, you know clients mm-hmm. and prospects by doing that listening. Right. But it's all about... Mm -hmm. relevancy Mm -hmm. and that's gained through you
0: know regular listening well and of course when you listen and you innovate then you grow and again our companies have to grow or they're not going to continue to be successful so talk to us more about that
1: so in terms of um, growing so there's a number of things that you need to consider of growth first is what you know what are gonna be your growth pathways are you going to go after new customers are you going to offer new products and services Mm -hmm um you know uh are, are common combinations thereof mm-hmm. so you know what is the way you're gonna grow so market share pricing new products new services mm-hmm. so there there's how you're going to be growing um so th- what are the growth pathways so that's mm-hmm. a key component um which will define which you're gonna identify through that listening you'll under identify what are the different mm-hmm. growth pathways and hence what are the areas of focus and what mm-hmm. initiatives and projects you need to be doing to execute mm-hmm. that but as you grow, then you also need to be thinking about in terms of financial management. So you need to be making sure that you're being very prudent around managing your finances right. because growth, as you are looking to launch new products, you know, gain new customers, mm-hmm. going into new markets, um, you often can go through a lot of cash because, you know, it takes a lot of effort mm-hmm. to gain the visibility, you know, acquiring those new customers. Uh, it takes a lot of effort mm-hmm. and will require a lot of um expenditure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, prudent financial management of monitoring how much you're spending on, you know, what you know what where you're getting the returns mm-hmm. and the benefits, prudent financial management of your growth is quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, also need to be thinking about change management because as you go from let's say a micro business of three people, then you go to 10 people to you, you go to 20 people, but now you're operating across um you know international mm-hmm. markets and you're offering you know a whole new set of offerings. The organization is going to be changing in terms mm-hmm. of the people, its culture. So you need to be making sure you're managing the change as the company is growing mm-hmm. and evolving, um, you know, because you're going to have new processes, new procedures, the whole uh, company ethos and culture could Mm -hmm. potentially change. So you need to be thinking about that, Mm -hmm. which also leads into another element of of growth that you need to be managing. And it's a whole people management component Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, know, the key to anyone can write a great strategy, Mm -hmm. but the key to being able to execute is you've got to have the right people in those uh, those roles. So as part of your growth strategy, we need to be thinking about, okay, now we've developed, our strategies we're going to develop let's say the IT firm we're going to develop some new uh, consulting offerings mm-hmm. that we're going to be taking into let's say um the wealth management market uh, of financial services mm-hmm. now we need to be thinking about okay well, what are you know who are, who are we going to require in terms mm-hmm. of the skill what kind of people what skills are we going Hi. to be needing so you have to have a plan for that and are you going to you know, and where are you going to source those people from are you mm-hmm. going to use Permanent staff, are you going to use contracts, mm-hmm. uh, contractors, freelancers? Uh, so you need to think about how are you going now to.
0: Now we have the whole work from home thing. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes, as well. Are we going to mm-hmm. have staff that are going to be able to work remotely? So who do we need? What skills? How are we going to source them? Mm-hmm. Um, that whole people management because as the organization is changing, making sure that you're maintaining those people. What, what training are they going to need? What mm-hmm. support they're going to need? Monitoring how the culture is changing as well and making sure you're having the right environment that is really going to empower and enable and retain your staff. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the elements that you need to be taking. So your growth path. So it starts mm-hmm. off with your growth 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 pathways how you're going to grow and then it's around you know Mm -hmm. managing your finances managing the change managing people and having a strategy how you're going to attract acquire retain those people and uh and really support and
0: um
1: -hmm. and 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 empower those people as well
0: right you know and it's oh my gosh we we have to have you on again because we just scratched the surface on all of this you know one of the companies obviously the pandemic worldwide caused all sorts of problems and issues yeah. but the companies that innovated and grew that's those are, are so interesting and um you, you, you've got some great case studies that aren't necessarily related to the pandemic in your book but the one company that i always think about you know that that took you know what they were you know the situation that was thrown at them and went okay we're gonna see what we can do with this is of course zoom you know they were just kind of you know this company that now i'd I was using them, I used them to do the podcast. I'm not sure I had ever done any webinars or you know online networking or anything like that. I just knew it was a you know great thing to to be able to do something like this and you know so you know the world shuts down, and everybody went, we need an online platform, and Zoom listened to that, and they listened to what they needed and and I think one of the biggest things that they listened to were schools where they said, you know, we have got to have this for our kids and we can't pay for it. And so when Zoom said schools get to use this for free, mm-hmm. that had to be one of the biggest flashes of, you know, and, and of course sometimes that's that's what you have to do is you have to give your stuff away. Um, but then all these adults went, hmm, well if my kids are using it, maybe I should be using it too. And you know, and, and then they have continued to listen as we've come out of the pandemic and people have said okay well how can we you know we're we're still working remotely how can we add features what what can you do and it's just been fascinating to see how zoom has grown especially when platforms like skype which is you know part of microsoft didn't embrace this i mean that was it's it's really been surprising to me but zoom has been just so fun to watch to see now wait did they have growing pains yes um but you know it was it was something where they really took this situation and went, what can we do to, to make it better for people? And by making it better for people, we're going to make more money. Because you're right, you know, we have to do that.
1: Yeah, so the, that whole listening and being responsive and being responsive in real time is very important. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with my clients, so we will have our annual planning Mm-hmm. Um, Session to plan up for the year, mm-hmm. but we have what I call quarterly review and reset sessions. So every mm-hmm. quarter, we will go on and we will meet mm-hmm. and we will review to see how the business is performing. Mm-hmm. We look at the business metrics, what's happening in the market, mm-hmm. what have they had in terms of customers? Because building into customer mm-hmm. li- listening mechanisms, so having mm-hmm. you know um, Zoom chats, workshops with our customers, um, built that in with a number of clients. Mm-hmm. You know what is the latest learnings, what's happening going on, and we take those learnings because you will iterate. We no longer just do the one once a year, big strategy planning session Mm -hmm. and make all of our implementation change. It has to be done because quite often things can happen quite quickly Mm -hmm. in the market. Mm -hmm. Um, So with all of my clients, we have quarterly review and Mm -hmm. reset based on what's happening in the market what right. our customers need, certain things have come up mm-hmm. things may have changed within some of their customers mm-hmm. because of new regulations mm-hmm. or a, a big market disruptor has come mm-hmm. in from overseas and now there is a, a, a shift so you mm-hmm. have to be able, if nothing else the pandemic should show us the importance of being very responsive mm-hmm. to market conditions and also shows us what's feasible in terms of how quickly we can adapt it doesn't have to be perfect but how we can adapt mm-hmm. and, and respond to market requirements because right. Your clients in general will be, uh, you know, somewhat um, uh, forgiving and allow for, you know, mm-hmm. a little hookups and mishaps. But mm-hmm. we have to be able to be responsive to mm-hmm. their requirements and demonstrate that we're changing and evolving. Again, mm-hmm. being relevant to mm-hmm. their priorities, needs, and requirements. Right. So that that listening and responsiveness has to be done on a semi uh, on a re- mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Right. I would say quarterly. We need mm-hmm. to be in tune. With what's going on with our customers, mm-hmm. our
0: competitors? What's going on mm-hmm. with the market? Right. Well, oh my gosh, Michael. Like I said, we have to do this again because we just scratched the surface on this. And you know, and, and and let's be honest, you know, we're talking B2B, but it's a lot of this applies to B2C also. You know, if you're not listening to your customers, if you're not innovating, then you're not going to grow. Um, you know, yeah. and, and so this is is so fun. But you know, tell people how they connect with you and you know and and, and what's what are the services that you provide?
1: Okay, so great question. So to connect with me, uh, you- Two places. One, you can find me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and the I'll, um, Deb will provide the link for that. So I'm always active on LinkedIn. Going to my website, listeninnovategrow.com mm-hmm. and in, uh, is where you'll find my raft of content, videos, articles. And it's great. There's tons articles. of information There's there. Tons mm-hmm. of information. So in terms of the services that I provide, mm-hmm. so there is an array of services that I provide. So I do a lot of consulting services mm-hmm. starting off with workshops so working with uh, the teams and we do sometimes it could be a half day, one or two day workshops to build Mm -hmm. out their strategy and their action plans. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do workshops. I do uh, ongoing consulting with clients where working with them to develop the plans Mm -hmm. and then also working with them in terms of implementation. Mm -hmm. So we will have regular monthly implementation meetings Mm -hmm. and we go through quarterly reviews and resets. Uh, and then also later this year, I'm going to be launching my SMB B2B community called mm-hmm. Legacy, uh, which is going to be a cool. paid membership community mm-hmm. aimed at the business owners and C-levels mm-hmm. of small, medium-sized mm-hmm. businesses. Uh, so it's going to be an online community, mm-hmm. and we're going to be uh, having a range of um, uh, various offerings. So it's going to be the Ask Michael Anything sessions. We'll have monthly mastermind huddles. Mm-hmm. There'll be some various expert lessons. Mm-hmm. we we'll are talking about some of the various elements of listen, Innovate and grow. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some virtual events, a bit of fun, and it's going to be talking around aspects around B two B strategy and growth, mm-hmm. but also other elements that are necessary to be an effective leader mm-hmm. and business owner. So I'm going to be having um, some guest speakers. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about things like mindset, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, talking about some of the current challenges in you know talent acquisition and retention. And so the Legacy community, stay tuned for details on that. That will also be available on the website. Right. So consulting services, workshops, consulting services, mm-hmm. implementation support, and the Legacy SME B2B mm-hmm. community are uh, my core offerings that I provide. Right. Uh, and again, all of those details at listeninnovategrow.com.
0: Perfect. You know, and we will have a link to your book in the show notes also. Um, and as I said, it was a great book, lots of, of good information in there. Again, that pertains to anybody. Um, you know, it's, it's, the, there's, you know, the the tips that are in there and the information is relevant to, to everyone. Um, you know, yep. and, and so I encourage folks to, to check that out. Well, Michael, like I said, this has been so delightful and I can't wait to do it again, um, especially because, you know, it's fun talking to another C suite network member, but you have Absolutely. such great information. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Uh I guess my one final thought is
1: that your starting point uh, is, is to get out there and listen, talk to your customers. Uh all of you will have a you know key customers that either you currently have or those that you seek to have, get out and have a discussion with them. It doesn't have to be very long with the decision makers, one of those decision makers or influencers, and have a 15 to 20 minute conversation. Find out where they're at where they're looking to go, what are some of their key priorities and challenges, and what what's needed. Um, and just having a quick conversation from there and documenting it, whether recording with your phone or old school writing, and take it back to your teams, that will give you some insights. I guarantee you'll come up with at least a couple insights that will help you uh, move forward in terms of what you need to be doing in 2023 and beyond.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, Michael, I cannot wait to to talk with you again. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Michael Haynes of Listen, Innovate, Grow. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program
1: for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success.
0: The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network.